Hello and welcome to Truth and Lies, conversations about race and gender with rock and glow. I'm rock, Roger Crockett. And I'm glow, Gloria Cotton. During these podcasts, um, here's what we're going to be talking about, Rock and I. We're going to be talking about truths and lies that people are telling about race and gender in America so that you can make more informed decisions and choices about your behavior. And hopefully we can all get along with each other better at home, on the job, in our community, and across the nation, hello, and around the world. All right, all right. I can't wait. For this podcast, here's what we're going to be focusing on. Are you ready? Let's do it. Taking a knee, the real meaning behind Mr. Kaepernick's protest. Wow. Mr. Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, Mm -hmm. the former San Francisco 49er. Um, So back in August of 2016, he chose not to stand meaning that the first, his first protest was to remain seated during the national, national anthem as a gesture to call attention to the issues of racial inequality and police brutality. I want to come back to that after you're done. Because we must. people have lost sight they have. of what the original springboard was, the motivation, the impetus of mm-hmm. it was. Go ahead on. That's right. They've been distracted from the truth. See, with <laughs> lies. <laughs> Um, so Colin Kaepernick, what, what was interesting that he spoke to a gentleman named Nate Boyer, mm-hmm. uh, who was a retired Green Beret and a former NFL player. And in that conversation, uh, Boyer understood that the protest uh, was about this, about racial inequality, not any sort of... Uh, objection to freedom or the flag and so he suggested not an anti-american not an focus at all focus yes so he suggested hey why don't you simply kneel why don't you kneel uh rather than sitting during the anthem and that's what colin kaepernick decided to do from that point on um so he he then said he actually declared to the to the media back in 2016 He said, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. I'm not looking for approval. I have to stand up or kneel. I have to, in my kneeling, I have to stand up for people that are oppressed. Now, interestingly, if we fast forward to 2017, more and more players in the NFL starting, started to kneel and show other forms of protest uh, along with uh, Colin Kaepernick. I mean, there were, at a time during 2017, there were about 200 other players in the NFL also protesting. Now, what did that do? That got President Trump to weigh in. This changed things, Gloria. I got President Trump to weigh in on the protest with a series, you know, he likes to tweet, with a (laughs) series of tweets stating, among other things, that NFL owners should fire, he likes to fire people too, 
should fire players who do not stand for the national anthem, saying that it was disrespectful to the American flag. To your point, that's when the real meaning began to shift shift. away from what Mr. Kaepernick's intention was to feed and fuel the hate and divisive language of some people. Right. And Mm. check this out. Check this out. Our president, President Trump, told somebody at a rally, quote, wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, the people that employ Mr. Kaepernick and others, when somebody disrespects our flag, Say to them, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out. You're fired, end quote. But but wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm struck with something right now. Uh, wasn't Colin Kaepernick protesting something that was wrong in our country? Wasn't he doing that? That's what he was trying to do. Okay. And isn't our country, aren't we guaranteed the right, according to our Constitution, that we can protest when we say things without causing harm or injury? Isn't that something we... Peaceful protest. I think, Glow, that this country was founded on peaceful protest. I, I think a whole bunch of the European people who came here on of their own volition and choice because oh. some people from Europe came because they were, it was punishment. They were prisoners. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't everybody was wonderful coming from Europe over here. So let's talk about that. But the people who wanted to come, many of them were leaving their country because they were protesting some egregious thing, some inequality, something that was going, they were escaping and this is what they came here to look for something where they didn't have to, where they could have freedom of religion, where they mm. could have freedom to pursue their happiness, the right of happy. That isn't. Am I wrong about that? No, I think you're teaching. You're teaching. You're teaching. Uh, uh, and and so 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 talk- why is it okay for those people to do it and not Mr. Kaepernick to? That is a good question. What, 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 is, what is the color of Mr. Kaepernick's skin? I think it's too black for some of these people. That's what I think. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So you think that this is really about race. Say what? <laughs> it can't be protest because we got people protesting all over the place. We have people protesting and doing it violently, and they are not called SOBs by leaders who are not being responsible. Right. They're not told they should be fired. They're not told they should be kicked out. But it depends on your racial and ethnic heritage and what you look like. You know, it absolutely does. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm straining my brain (laughs) to come up with an example of any of the white players in the NFL I think I told you earlier that there were some 200 at one point players in the NFL who were protesting alongside, you know, at different teams. You didn't give me the number, but I love it. Okay. Yeah, 200 at least across the NFL during the height of this who were showing their alliance for the cause. And let's remember that the cause had nothing to do with honoring the flag. What, what was, or dishonoring the flag. Or what dishonoring was, the flag. In it, fact, calling attention to what the flag is supposed to represent, liberty and justice for, for all. all. Do I have to go back to reading the preamble of the Constitution? Because that's what it's supposed A to be doing. A lot of this comes back to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And the Constitution, I believe, also talks about what rights and privileges, freedoms that we have. Okay. Speech, freedom to express ourselves. So what did he have the nerve? Because a lot of these people are saying, you know what, you're so rich, you should just be quiet and quote unquote, stay in your place. I'm remembering people said pretty much the same thing about President Obama, too. He had forgotten and stepped out of his place. Excuse you. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means that I'm, quote, unquote, above you. Well, that ain't happening. Right. That is that is what people are upset about, because these men of color and in this instance, Mr. Kaepernick has the grit to talk about people of color are not only being disrespected, but killed Yes. And they're murderers, yes. if they're wearing a police uniform or not, are being told you have a right to kill these black people. Because guess what? They're not human anyway. You know, in, in a previous podcast, we talked about how important it is for each of us, frankly, whether we're black, white, brown, whatever we are, to put ourselves in the shoes of others, to look at the world through their eyes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what is so disappointing about the reaction to Kaepernick's protests, all he's trying to do is call attention to the atrocities that happen to black and brown people in this country. So let's talk about people's reactions. Because why are people so up in arms? And some of it is that they just don't... Some people... and. I, I'll call it out. Some white people still don't see black people and brown people as human. But sometimes that's not the only issue. Sometimes people are, they don't want to admit that for a country as great as ours who goes across the seas for years and decades to fight against prejudice of all kinds in other countries where our men, black, brown, white, all races and women have lost their lives to protect the rights of these people. Some people cannot and they choose not to believe that those same acts of violence and discredit are going on in our nation. In our nation. So in it's our painful. It's painful. We can't be guilty of that. We're America. Guess what, y'all? Yes, we're guilty of it too. Yes, we are. Wake up and stay <laughs> there, woke. There, there's, there's war going on in the streets of America. And Americans are getting killed. What? And and yes, there is. And in some cases, not I mean, in my let's neighborhood. Face it, let's face it. That that right. But hey, not in mine either. But in neighborhoods adjacent to mine and adjacent to yours and adjacent to anyone who is listening to this podcast, it's happening to innocent people. But if they would only just put their hands on the on the dashboard, then they wouldn't have gotten killed. If they would just sit there and not say anything, then they wouldn't be killed. If they would just have their children with them, then they would if they would just not run away, if they would just put up their hands. What? Is this what I have to do? All these things, a litany of things I have to do to stay alive in America if I'm black? What? So let me let me let me let me make this personal. Because Mr. Kaepernick was talking about police brutality. That's one of the things. And he's talking about brutality against black people. And let me just say, I love the popo, y'all. I was married to a Chicago police officer for 25 years. Thank this you. This is not and a bashing of the popo. This is not. 
This is not the bashing of the of the Pope. The Pope, but this is said. calling out the my, sick people hey, who are Popos. Okay. My brother, my 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 brother-in-law is a is a Chicago police officer. His father, my father-in-law, was a, 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 a Chicago police detective. Yes, and I know, I know, I've seen, I've watched them come home from work. Yes, I know that the the difficulties, the challenges yes. they go out and face. Every yes, day. yes, yes. Uh, but then and yet again, still, there are sick there is people bruta- in every- brutality Absolutely. that too often happens uh, against people of color and particularly African Americans out there on the streets and and. To me, it's like, well, it, why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't the entire country? That's right. Protest. Protest against that kind of brutality. That's right. Against our people. Against That's right. innocent. Against any innocent people. Innocent Americans. Against. So I was going to make this. I was going to make this personal because people will often say and people often tell me that. You know, I'm not like the people that get pulled over or get brutalized in black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you, I have been a victim. I haven't been, you know, uh, tased yet, thank goodness. But I have been pulled over. I heard yet. I I've, heard yet. Go <laughs> it's ahead. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. When you, when you are driving down the street innocently, behaving uh, abiding by the laws, and you get which I have done, and I get pulled over for no reason. When I get asked to step out of my car mm. for no reason, mm. other than I'm a black man, mm-hmm. my car at the time—I don't drive this kind of car now. I've learned better, but when I was when I was in my early twenties as a college student. I'm a call English literature major at UCLA. You do not know your place right now, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> and I'm driving, I'm I'm young, right? So I got a I got a hot rod. I got a 1969 Camaro. It's souped up. It fits the profile, Glow. It fits the profile. I get pulled over, get asked to take step on my put my hands on the back of my trunk, get felt up. <gasps> That's police brutality. For what reason? You were caught driving while black. The same thing happened to me. Within, I, I wasn't asked to get out of my vehicle, but I was stopped for no reason by an Illinois by, by a white Illinois State Patrol officer who drove his car in front of mine to make me stop. Mm. And then he told me, you know what he said to me? You stop when I stop. Wow. That's what he told me. Wow. And I said, what? He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to figure out what you're doing. That's worthy. That quickly, I could have been killed. And a conversation I had with a, a white colleague was, she was like, well, I can't understand how that feels for you to be concerned for your children. And I said, I don't understand how you cannot be can concerned I? for my children when I am concerned for About yours. About yours, Absolutely. That kind of brutality, and let's whether it's physical brutality or it's the emotional brutality, as a young man getting pulled over, as a young law-abiding citizen like I was getting pulled over by the police and treated disrespectfully, 
that I felt brutalized. So, I absolutely so what did. You, so what, why can't why why would why isn't that protestable? I know. I remember when Michael Brown was killed, but the white police officer said he did not see him as a young African American young man. Because what he, was he saw, the hood. he said, what he saw was a monster. Mm. And my response to that was, I believe him. I believe he did not see a human being. I believe he saw a monster. My question is, if we could have a seance or resurrect Mr. Brown, what did he see when he saw this white police officer? We have got to look at how are we looking at one another? What are we thinking? Our unconscious bias kicking in. Where is our amygdala saying we have got to protect ourselves? And you can't even protest about it. You can't even protest that driving down the street, walking down the street, you might be, oh, it's not just stopped. you not just tased. You might be killed alone or in front of your children, no matter how old you are, if you are black or brown in this country. We have got to begin to tell the truth about the lies people are saying that it doesn't happen. Right. We've got to begin to, uh, to tell the truth. And we have to, again, be able to... I mean, we, we should be looking at this nation as a whole. So every neighbor, neighborhood, if there is one neighborhood that doesn't get the right respect, if there aren't the right laws that are governing that particular neighborhood versus our neighborhood, that affects the entire society and we need to approach, we need to, we need to think about how everyone is treated in this country. I, I keep coming back to that because it's so true. We're not going to get better as a nation. We're only going to get worse and more divided until we begin to put each, uh, each other in, and get into each other's shoes. We used to say we were proud of being my brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. But that brother's keeper thing was only about the brother across the sea. How about the people right here who just are across the street? Right. How right. about are you the keeper of that brother? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, sometimes we talk about, we talked earlier about there being um, a war, not just overseas, but right here in this country. And you know what often is the response to that? is that, well, it's just black people killing other black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But I think that what has to be understood is that there is a system. Yes. We, we are going to have to do a show, a podcast, about the real meaning of race and racism in another podcast. Just give us the bottom line because of what, <laughs> because is, what is racism. Something. What is it? But but there's a there's a there's a there's just there's the racism that just talks about prejudice, discrimination, antagonism directed against someone of a different race on the belief that that you know one's race is superior to another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's this other notion of institutionalized systemic systemic racism mm-hmm. that is really all about economics and power mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that's why you hear when you hear some people say when you hear black people say i can't be racist mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. it's because they we mm-hmm. come from a community that is not 
in power, Mm -hmm. not controlling the laws of a community or a nation. And so that because of that particular structure, (laughs) right, we were under the weight of that structure. And that's that's a difference. Even when some black people are very wealthy, multimillionaires even. Colin Kaepernick is one of them. He is one. And people are like, you shouldn't be protesting, just stay in your place. You You should be grateful. And I'm also remembering, I know this is one, isn't one of your favorite quotes, but I'm hearing, uh, you know, a certain comedian who said to one of his audiences, you know what, there ain't a white man in this room who would like to be me, and I'm rich. That's right. And I think we need to look at the truth of that statement right there. What does that mean? It's not money alone if you're black. Because however much power you have, you're never going to have ultimate power. Right. And let's, let's bring this back to where we started in the NFL, the National Football League. Thank you. Owners and players. Come on, baby. Owners and players. So Colin Kaepernick is a player. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick has millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Colin Kaepernick is rich. Mm-hmm. But he's not as rich as the people that own the team. And his knees are too black. <laughs> He's not that he doesn't have the power. That's right. The economic power. The economic power. Yes. That the owner of the teams have. Otherwise known as the masses. That the um, that the commissioner of the league has. Supreme masses. That the president of the United States has. Ultimate nationalist supremacist masses. And it's the president. And the owners of the team that enforced rules that said, no, you cannot exercise your right in this country to protest uh, peacefully. Stay in your place, slave. Now, so you tell me, in that scenario, who's racist and who's not? That's what we mean by systemic institutional racism. In that scenario, Colin Kaepernick cannot be. It is impossible for him to be racist. Could he be prejudiced? Could he discriminate as an individual? Of course he could. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. he is subject to a racist institution. Because he's limited. Not by his money. Even when he's got money, he's limited because he will never, under current culture, have the power. Even the power of recognition, the power of respect. But aside from that, he will not have the physical power to make a difference and control other people, like the same person making less money than he's making, mm-hmm. who happens to not have brown knees. Yes, yes. So, Glow, I mean, you know, we like to end each of these sessions on a call to action. A call to action. What is it? Because I'm not getting ready to go get some lye and bleach my knees. Okay, I'm not. So what is the call to action for this? Woo! What's the call to action? You know, it's almost like a universal call. You could apply this to any podcast we do, any scenario that we talk about. But it's really to listen and listen to understand other people's experiences, understand their intentions, and do it with curiosity. Mm-hmm. And not judgment. And not, oh, talk about it, Glow. See, that's not it. Judgment. That's it. You know, the mindset that I encourage people to have, and um, that I'm reminded of a quote, a little and a little child shall lead them. I'm reminded of that quote. 
And I think about the curiosity that children and babies have when they're learning. Just look at their eyes. Anyone who's ever been around a baby, whatever size their eyes are, they look at things with wonder. And everything that they're, they're learning, they're fascinated by it. Mm, there is joy yes, in the learning. Absolutely. And so we need to develop that mindset again because we all came to the planet with it. Mm-hmm. That hunger and excitement about learning new and different things, even when it's outside of what you already know. Right. And looking at this is something new to learn. And what is in my way? What's making me fearful of learning what someone else's experience is like? How is that impacting them? But please think about how is that impacting me? Mm -hmm. For some people, that's going to be around religion. Yeah, that ain't working for some people. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Is it around, you know, your community advocacy and that sort of thing? Is it because you are a real American patriot? Look to see what that term actually means. Mm -hmm. And live your constitution. Hello. Live your constitution. Uh, Someone I admire once said, seek first, seek first to to understand. (laughs) Then. Then. To be understood. To be understood. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please go out there. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to, you sort of connect it in any way. Please share this. Go to your social media pages. Like us. Share us. Comment on us. And you can send comments to us through this email. Send them to truthandliespcast. Let me say that again. Truthandliesp, for pod, cast, at gmail.com. Is that and the word spelled out A-N-D or is that an ampistand? That great question. It's and spelled out. Okay. T R U T H A N D. Thank you. L I E S. Okay. P as in pod. C A S T at gmail.com. Thank you for making I don't want somebody to try to get in touch with us and it goes to heaven or someplace else. So I want to connect with them. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. There it is. So send us uh, your comments. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, I'm Rock. I'm Glow.